The 49ers came through with an impressive all-around performance on Sunday in one of the NFL's marquee games of the day. But the game against the Miami Dolphins was also a gut punch for the entire 49ers organization. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who was in the midst of the best NFL season of his career, went down in the first quarter with a fractured foot and will require season-ending surgery. The emotions poured through the team as they dealt with this setback to one of the team's most popular players. The 49ers have lost their two top quarterbacks to season-ending injuries. The team is 8-4 and four and on a five-game winning streak, and now the season belongs to rookie Brock Purdy, the final overall pick of the 2022 NFL Draft. Purdy did everything asked of him with a Garoppolo-like performance Sunday in the 49ers' 33-17 victory over the Dolphins. Where does the team go from here? Carlos Ramirez, Jennifer Lee Chan, and I will discuss all that on this episode of 49ers Talk coming at you right now. Welcome to another edition of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, Matt Mayoko. Yes, this is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. Uh, joined with Carlos Ramirez here. And for a game where the 49ers win 33-17 to over the Miami Dolphins, one of the better teams in the NFL, and some people were talking about this as being a potential Super Bowl matchup, uh, potential Super Bowl preview. Uh, the 49ers win in pretty dramatic fashion in the sense that the defense picked it up, the offense did what they needed to do, special teams had a good day. But there were a a lot of downcast individuals with the 49ers and I noticed a lot of moist eyes because Jimmy Garoppolo sustains a season ending injury to his left foot fractured foot and he'll require surgery and Carlos that what a paw did that cast over the 49ers victory over the Miami Dolphins. You said it Matt uh, we were discussing it on 49ers postgame live Sunday evening and the, the overall feeling is it's, it's a win, but it doesn't feel like it. Uh, much like that game against Seattle when Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in for an injured Trey Lance and another season-ending injury for a 49ers quarterback. That's two in the same season. That's very unlikely. Uh, it, it's the same feel because maybe this one feels even worse because, Matt, we don't know if we saw the last of Jimmy Garoppolo in 49er uniform. We don't know if, if that was his last snap as a 49ers quarterback. We don't know what it means for Jimmy uh, in the long run, meaning he was having a career year, what this means for him going forward in terms of being a free agent, what kind of offers will he get, how long will he be out. Uh, but I, I just want your take and, and have you, because you were there at Levi Stadium on Sunday, what was the overall mood in the locker room at? Oh, it was it was downcast. I mean, everybody that I saw, uh, whether it was Christian McCaffrey or Kyle Juszczyk or Fred Warner and, of course, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Nick Bosa, they were all heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo who has been just a, a remarkable presence with the 49ers. And, you know, this relationship between Garoppolo and his teammates and the, the organization, it's been um, just 
just unbelievable uh, to see it unfold and to see what's happened here, what's transpired since his arrival with the 49ers in 2017. I mean, I look back at when he got here with the 49ers. It was a situation where the 49ers were going nowhere, yeah. and there was very little reason for hope. And they were 0-8, and, and things were going really badly, and there was a lot of talk about just, you know, what they were going to do at the quarterback position. And then Garoppolo kind of falls in their lap, and the next thing you know, there was hope here. And the 49ers ended that season with a five-game winning streak, and from that point forward, the 49ers became relevant. And there was enthusiasm. And even on that, that bad season of 2017, the first season of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch here together, the way that season ended, I've never seen like the, it kind of the 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 switch flip mm. like it did from being kind of a nothing team that no one really talked about to being a team that everybody was talking about and yeah, what he did was he brought hope to the team and even this season you know the season started with Trey Lance as the number one but when Trey Lance went down and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in what did Jimmy Garoppolo provide he yeah. provided hope yeah. um, you know Jimmy Garoppolo I, I, you know we can go back and forth and I know it's a source of great debate among the fan base or just football fans in general what a quarterback's win-loss record is and is it really a stat well regardless of what mm -hmm. you think about it one thing is for sure the 49ers have won a lot more football games with Garoppolo on the field than when Garoppolo is not on the field. And now he's not going to be on the field for the 49ers again this season and, as you mentioned, perhaps never again. Um, we've seen teams in the past, uh, Matt, ride great defenses towards Lombardi trophies. The Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer as her quarterback. He wasn't lighting the league up. Uh, by any extent of the imagination. It was a real Lewis-driven team. Uh, the Broncos uh, did it in Santa Clara, where you're sitting right now at Levi Stadium with a Peyton Manning who was far from being the MVP winner, the multiple MVP winner. Um, he was a smart, savvy veteran, but he was on the, you know, on the uh, last legs of his career. Um, we've seen it in the past. Is this team equipped with Brock Purdy at the helm to still be considered a 40 uh, a Super Bowl contender. That's a great question, Carlos. Um, this defense is a Super Bowl defense. There's no question about it. It's just asking a heck of a lot for a rookie quarterback to step in. A rookie quarterback has never won the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Um, will he be asked to win the Super Bowl? No. He'll be asked to not lose the Super Bowl. He will be asked to do basically what Jimmy Garoppolo has done, which is to, to make the plays on third down, keep the chains moving, don't make any critical mistakes, and uh, allow the team's running game and the playmakers to take over and make plays and the defense to do its thing. Um, you know, when when Trey Lance went down, the 49ers' goals for the season did not change. And when I asked players on Sunday after the 49ers' 33-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins whether the goals changed for the season, you know, it, it took a little bit of thinking, um, you know, from Fred Warner and some other players. But I think ultimately they were like, no, it, it doesn't change because – one thing Fred Warner said, which I found interesting, and, and it's, it's, it's a great point. 
Brock Purdy has been the scout team quarterback. And so if you're not the starting quarterback in the NFL, you're the backup. What your job is, is to run the plays of the opposition against your own first team defense. So therefore, what Fred Warner said is that Brock Purdy has been playing against the best defense in the league for 13 consecutive weeks. So there's confidence that he won't be overmatched. And I felt like this game Sunday was kind of set up for Brock Purdy to enter from this standpoint. This is a in facing the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniels, Miami Dolphins. They run the same offense as the 49ers do, right? Yep. So what Brock Purdy did this last week in practice was that he ran the 49ers offense against the 49ers first team defense. So that is great preparation. But yeah. let's face it, man, th- this is Brock Purdy's show. You know, he's the guy who's been in here. He was the guy that the 49ers were going to go with as the number two if Jimmy Garoppolo had decided not to take that pay cut. So they felt confident enough when the season began to have Brock Purdy as the number two. So, you know, if Garoppolo hadn't come back, Purdy would have made his, you know, what, his 10th start in a row. There's a reason that Brock Purdy won the backup job over Nate Sudfeld. They like him, but it is asking an awful lot of a quarterback, a rookie, a guy who is, you know, quote unquote, Mr. Irrelevant, the last overall pick in the 2022 draft. It is asking a lot for him to step in and keep this thing rolling, but that's exactly what he is planning on doing. In fact, um, Carlos, I want to play you this clip. This is Brock Purdy after the game talking about how he felt good about the win, but he also knows that he can't just rely on that. He can't rest on his laurels. He knows that he has to continue to get better. Here's what Brock Purdy had to say after the game. I'm excited that we won first and foremost, but you know, my, myself, like I, I expect a lot out of myself. And so I know you can say it's my first time going in a, in a meaningful time in a game and and trying to win and everything, um, but for me, man, I, I like I'm a perfectionist in a sense. But that's how the game is. You're not going to be perfect, and I have to, you know, know that and um, continue to enjoy the good parts and, and learn from the tough times. But um, you know, I'm definitely a guy that wants to do right all the time. And and uh, just because we won doesn't mean you know I'm on cloud nine and this and that. Like I I, I want to get better, and I, I have to for this team moving forward. So. Okay, so that was Purdy talking about, hey, he's not on cloud nine. Yeah. He has to get better, and he does. And he's got a great mentality. I don't know if you, know, if you heard uh, Kyle Shanahan talking about this, yeah. but you know, he, he basically said that Brock Purdy has a lot of courage, and he really respects that out of him. And this is a guy who's played a lot of football, four-year starter at Iowa State. So you know, Brock Purdy has high expectations for himself, and it sure sounds like Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the 49ers have high expectations for him as well. Yeah, I agree. I think the team and the fan base has to take this one game at a time. Uh, Instead of thinking about can this team win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy and go forward, I think the first goal is can this team who is or which is just one game above Seattle, let's make it two because they do have the win within within the division. They still have a game to go against them on December 15th at Seattle. The first question would be, Matt, if this team is capable with Brock Purdy to secure the NFC West and then having that at least divisional round home game and then seeing what happens with the Vikings and the Eagles down the road, if they have to go on the road and face one of those two, if they win their divisional round, they're going to face some good defense. I mean, just next week, 
The Buccaneers have a good defense. They have a horrible running game. They have a very good uh, passing game. They're one of the best offensive lines in football. Tom Brady does not get sacked a lot. He doesn't put the ball at risk. Uh, they have one of the best passing games again in the NFL. But if you look down the schedule, Matt, it's the Buccaneers. Then it's Seattle. Uh, then it's the Washington Commanders who have a very good defense. Carlos, I think you said we're taking this one week at a no, no, time. Now I, you're I, looking I, out for it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, but before, before we think about the Super Bowl, let's think about this, the, yeah. the regular season schedule and see down the road what kind of defenses this offense is going to face, starting with the Buccaneers, yeah. who are going to have now some film to scout and evaluate Brock Purdy. And that's that's the key, right? Uh, what you just touched on right there is that when when he got into this game against the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins didn't have a book on him. You know, they, they what they saw from Brock Purdy in college and in the preseason, that's what they knew about Brock Purdy. So now I think you're going to see teams, you know, start to devise game plans to face him. And what's the game plan against Brock Purdy? It's probably you know to make him throw outside the numbers. You know, I, I don't know that he has the strongest arm. In the world, but he has a lot of moxie, and you know he—I think he knows the game. He's a—he's a gym rat. Heck, he has more reps at quarterback over the past four years than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's played a lot of football. You know, he's played a lot of football at a pretty high level of college. But it's this is going to be—it's going to be a, a really difficult chore. But here's the thing that. I think why, you know, I mentioned that he played kind of a Garoppolo-like game yeah. on Sunday against against Miami. He doesn't have to put this team on his shoulders. You know, it's it's a lot of what the same thing that people were saying here inside the building about when Trey Lance was going to be the starter was that Trey Lance doesn't have to do it all by himself. He doesn't have to, you know, say guys climb aboard. I'm, I'm taking you to the Super Bowl. Not at all. I mean, when you have guys like Christian McCaffrey, when you have guys well, heck, I'm going to put uh, Jordan Mason in, in that group yeah. too because yeah. it looks like he's Looks like he's a pretty good running back. Uh, but Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, you know, third and Jawan. You have George Kittle. I mean, you have enough playmakers where all Brock Purdy has to do is he has to be a point guard. He has to be a ball distributor. He has to get the ball out. You know, he has to read all the all the nuances of the defense, make the right checks, make the right decisions. And as long as he's a good decision maker, you know, it, it, there's there's no reason why the 49ers can't feel like they still have all their goals for the season intact. Yeah, I agree. And what we saw from, from Brock Purdy on Sunday, I think is a good omen to what he can bring to the table. Um, you said it. The team, the defense stepped up as it always does. But there were a couple throws there, Matt, where uh, the team needed Brock Purdy to deliver, and he did. Uh, a couple of big third down throws, uh, a couple of big situations there when he, the fourth and one I mean he did the Jimmy Garoppolo impression on fourth and one and had he not had the lower body strength to uh, endure the push and then have that second wave of strength the 49ers were not going to get that fourth and one and then they don't get the field goal I mean the game was blown open after that but at that point that was a critical moment and I thought Brock Purdy showed what he's built of and, and made of a couple of details about Sunday I want to touch with you on. Kyle Shanahan is, I call him the assistant spanker on the show. 
Uh, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and now Mike McDaniel, come on down. It's your turn to get spanked by Master Yoda, Kyle Shanahan. And specifically, he showed courage. He went for it on fourth down several times with Brock Purdy. And I want your take, Matt, on the challenges that Kyle Shanahan took with the challenges both overturned on massive plays for the 49ers. Yeah, you know, he gets a lot of help from Brian Hampton up in the replay booth. But Kyle Shanahan said that second one to, to Gisecki was one that he could see uh, by himself. He could see that up on the screen. And, you know, that was a play where there was zero doubt about that one. I know Mike McDaniel looked upset on the sideline, uh, and so did Wes Walker with the overturn of that call. But that, that was pretty clearly, um, you know, it was a great, it was a great um, decision. Uh, I don't know if it was much of a decision because once yeah. you saw the replay, it was as obvious. I don't, I don't know how the official right there with the play happening in front of him missed that play. But that was, just, you know, you look at it, Mike McDaniel rolled the dice. I mean, they went for it fourth and one at their own 19-yard line. They converted that one. And then a fourth and two a little bit later on the 36, uh, they didn't get that. So, yeah, those are huge plays in yeah. the game because at that point, it was a six-point game. And then you had, you know, the 49ers capitalize on that that uh, failed fourth down. Robbie Gold kicks a field goal. And then later, Nick Bosa with one of his three sacks. It's a sack strip. Hmm. And Dre Greenlaw picks that thing up and goes the rest of the way. Uh, we got to talk about defense, Matt, and, and Nick Bosa. I asked you the question on 49ers postgame live. 14 and a half sacks, three sacks uh, on Sunday, 33 QB hits on the season. Is he the front runner for defensive player of the year above Matthew Judon and Micah Parsons? I think so. I, I think so. I think you know, Parsons was the guy that I think a lot of people kind of looked at in that role uh, because of that position he plays. He's all over the field. He does a lot of different things. Um, but the fact that Nick Bosa is coming off an NFC Defensive Player of the Month for the month of November, and looky here, in the first game in December, he's already matched his sack total for all of November. So uh, he, he's he's just getting better and better. And one of the interesting things was Saturday night in their meeting, Kyle Shanahan kind of called out the defensive line. He said that the team's linebackers are playing a lot better than the defensive line, and Nick Bosa didn't take too kindly to that, um, and, and after he picked up his third sack, uh, he went up and, and told Shanahan, basically, you know, don't don't talk S about me anymore. Uh, but but I think if you're going to be getting three sacks because you're angry that your coach called you out, yeah. maybe the head coach should be calling him out a little bit more. Every week at works. <laughs> Every week. Every week. Every week, um, 49ers defense comes to play and every week here on 49ers talk Carlos you uh, you hold down the fort with 49ers uh, pregame live postgame live and our and our uh, 49ers postgame podcast here and uh, we have a lot to talk about coming up with Jennifer Lee Chan breaking down this 49ers 33-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins and also looking ahead to what the 49ers do if has their goals changed for this season. And we'll be back after this word from Big O Tires. You can count on Big O Tires for great service and even better deals on name brand tires. Now through December 11th, save up to $100 instantly on select Bridgestone and Firestone tires, plus get free basic installation. See your local 
locally owned Big O Tire store for offer details. Life is uncertain. It's okay to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. CalHope can help. Access CalHope's free and secure mental health resources. Call 833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org. All right, we're back on 49ers Talk. Jennifer Lee Chan comes in. Brock Purdy in his first extended playing time, first real significant action in the NFL. 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a passer rating of 88.8. Mission accomplished for the young man. Yeah, and the one interception really was kind of like a punt because it was on fourth down. Kind of threw it up for Debo, was that right? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Anyways, he threw it up, and it was <laughs> it ended up being the Dolphins back on like around the 15, 20-yard line. So it wasn't detrimental to the offense. Yeah. It was like a punt. Yeah, it definitely was. But he, I mean, I'd say more than like the stats or anything. Mm-hmm. It just felt like um, – it felt good. Like, it felt like he looked fine. He mm-hmm. didn't look deer in the headlights right. or anything like that. Um, yeah. I think I was most impressed by the fact that he threw contested catches out there a lot. Guys were covered pretty well. He still threw passes to them. He threw the ball around. Uh, so many different receivers. I believe it's seven different receivers. Um, and felt confident. Yeah. George Kittle said afterwards in the locker room, he has confidence. And when... Your quarterback has confidence. You have confidence. If you don't, you feel it, and they rolled with him. Yeah, they're rolling with Josh Johnson um, as the backup now. Mm -hmm. So Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is super relevant for this team. And you know, he was a guy. As I told you, know, we talked to Carlos uh, in the earlier segment. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a guy that they were going to go with as a number two behind. Mm -hmm. Trey Lance and so they weren't you know they've had some practice squad quarterbacks in here including Jacob Eason most recently but ultimately they decided to go out and get Josh Johnson who's been around a long time and that he is the true backup he will be on the 53-man roster Um, and you know I, I it's it's almost incomprehensible that a team can lose their top two quarterbacks and still be a serious contender but Right. I get the sense that the 49ers still feel like they're serious contenders despite everything that's gone wrong at the game's most, not even the game's most important position, the most important position in all sports. I mean, what's the saying? Defense wins championships. This defense is set up to be able to put the team on their shoulders and carry them through the rest of the season, maybe to the postseason if they keep on the same track. And then you look on the offensive side. Brock Purdy, while he's a rookie, is surrounded by a ton of skill players that have a lot of experience. So they're going to support him. They're going to be where they're supposed to be in their route running. They're going to be where they're supposed to be in their blocking. He faced zero so much today and did not falter. Full blitz. Full blitz against the Dolphins defense. That was their plan. And he didn't flinch. He didn't falter. He kept throwing the ball. Yeah, and he, you know, he... um He's certainly not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't a perfect game from him. But I just I, I kind of go back to what I said. I mean, I all it looked it looked OK. You know, it mm-hmm. looked he looked the part and he does have that bit of swagger to him. And he's played a lot of football. So he's he's experienced certainly not at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it's just it's just a lot to put on a rookie's shoulders that. You know, here is the championship-ready team, 
that it no longer has Trey Lance, no longer has Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I mean, I just can't get over how it just looked like everybody we talked to, they were just absolutely heartbroken for Garoppolo, certainly. But mm-hmm. also, I got a sense that, you know, everybody felt like this was the season, right? I mean, this yes. was a year where they were set up to have a really good chance at, you know, obviously getting into the postseason, mm-hmm. but having a, a big playoff run. And, I mean, this has to do something to that. I mean, backup quarterbacks right. have won mm-hmm. Super Bowls in the past. I'm thinking first time I can remember would be when Trent Green for the Rams went down in the preseason and some guy named Kurt Warner stepped in and played some pretty good football and the Rams won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The other time was when Carson Wentz was having an MVP type of season. He goes down and Nick Foles steps in right. and the Eagles win a Super Bowl. But those guys weren't necessarily rookies. Um, Warner was darn close, but he was an older guy who had some experience in the Arena League. Mm-hmm. But for Brock Purdy to step in, um, I don't know, man. It's big shoes it's to big, fill. It's big shoes, big shoes and it's fill. a lot of pressure. Yes. It's, um, but I guess the whole thing with the 49ers has been it's not, you know, they don't want to put pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Brock Purdy just does his job, they don't turn the ball over. He mm-hmm. doesn't make mistakes. As you say, if he gets the ball into the hands of the guys who make plays, right. 49ers conceivably could be just fine. I mean, if you look at the way Kyle Shanahan's offense focuses on the run, that also takes pressure off Brock Purdy. You've got Christian McCaffrey in there. Yes, Elijah Mitchell being out is a huge loss, but J.P. Mason did a good job today. Tevin Coleman is a veteran if they need him. But the ground game is going to help Brock Purdy so much because he won't need to throw 40 times a game. Well, he threw 37 (laughs) on Sunday. No, I think what what teams are going to do is they're going to force the 49ers to throw the football. Right. I mean, they're going to stack the box, just mm-hmm. like we saw uh, the, the Chargers stack the box, just like we saw the Cardinals stack the box, like we saw the Saints, and like we saw the, the uh, Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries, 66 yards, not a lot of room to run. No, not a lot. And so uh, it, uh, the 49ers have to be a balanced offense. Mm-hmm. They can't just say, hey, we're going to run the ball because you know what? If they're going to be just, we're going to run the ball. Then Brock Purdy is going to be dropping to back to pass on a lot of third and nines, you know, third and eight. <laughs> and he's, mm-hmm. he's going to make it more difficult. So they have to be able to kind of keep it balanced. They have to throw on first down. They have to mix it up. And then, you know, they have to soften that defense a little bit by having the threat of the passing game. And whether, whether the passing game becomes an extension of the running game by just getting the ball out quickly to Ayuk and to Kittle and to Debo Samuel. That's all going to be part of it. But they can't just say, Brock Purdy, you're long for the ride. No, Brock Purdy is no. going to have to do some stuff, too. Absolutely. He's going to have to get those screen passes out. And it looks like he's not afraid to throw it downfield mm-hmm. either. No. I mean, George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan said he's, you know, got some 
Yeah, he's got you some know. courage. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's the, the word. Courage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually the word he used is it, the letter before C for courage starts with. But anyway, um, and we saw that. Right. You know, we saw that in mm-hmm. from the first day he stepped in after mm-hmm. they drafted him. We could tell he has a little swagger. Right. You know, he's not lacking in self confidence. And, you know, when you're six foot one and, and you know, you played four years of, of uh, started four years mm-hmm. at Iowa State, it's pretty clear that he stepped in and he had a pretty high opinion of himself as a football player and, and darn right he should. So a lot of the players spoke about how they weren't surprised that he was out there to sling it and that he, you know, didn't falter at the challenge because what they saw during the preseason. So I looked up his preseason stats versus Houston in week three. He completed 13 of his 20 attempts for 182 yards. He did throw one pick, but you know, not bad numbers in week two versus the Vikings completed 14 of his 23 passes for 128 yards. So he's also not afraid to run the ball. He ran it three times. Uh, no. So he, he's a sneaky, he's sneaky athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, I know he ran for a bunch of yards right. at Iowa state. I remember mm-hmm. when he came here, I asked him about what's kind of the most underrated part of your game or mm-hmm. the, the part of your game that you don't feel gets the credit it deserves. And he did talk about his mobility mm-hmm. and his running. My question with him in watching the preseason was I felt like sometimes maybe he had a little bit more confidence in his arm than he should and mm-hmm. that he would try to fit deep passes into tight windows when he didn't quite have the arm strength to get it there. So we'll see. I mean, it. He did that today. Yeah. Um, he got away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned that one interception, but I'm right. with you. That wasn't a big deal because no. it was a fourth down play mm-hmm. and just, you know. Trying to give the guys a chance. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's it seemed like, you know, he knew at the time he had made some mistakes, whether mm-hmm. decision making or not making the right reads or doing this or that. Um, all that stuff is going to, you know, they're going to have to clean it up. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the good news is he's finally going to have an opportunity opportunity to get a lot of practice reps working the 49ers own playbook and Mm -hmm. not the playbook of the opposition. One thing that George Kittle said afterwards was that he's not afraid to make mistakes and when he was on the bench area after a drive he was out there talking to his receiver saying hey got to get you the ball better here got to do this better there so he knows he's got to clean stuff up and he identified it and then was communicative with his players which you know when you're the young guy on the squad isn't always the easiest thing to do. Here's probably the most impressive thing I thought you know that the Miami came into this game as one of the top uh, third down teams in the league and they were 0 for 7 and with Brock Purdy at the helm with the 49ers so the 49ers as a team um, 8 of 19 so that they did pretty well on third downs uh, the 49ers outgained Miami in this game 351 total yards um, you know, he he had the, the pass to McCaffrey in the end zone. By the way, his touchdown pass to Kyle Juszczyk, he became the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a touchdown pass in the NFL. Of course, I don't know how many quarterbacks have been chosen Mr. Irrelevant, but <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, still. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 
he had that pass to McCaffrey, which McCaffrey felt like he should have caught mm -hmm. and in the end zone, and he kind of punched the turf after he after he dropped that pass. And then the next play, he found him again, and that was a, another three-yard touchdown pass. McCaffrey was targeted 10 times, caught eight passes for 80 yards. Debo Samuel targeted 10 times, caught six passes for 58 yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk targeted nine times. He caught five passes for 46. So... You know, those are the big three. Mm -hmm. They'll be getting George Kittle a little bit more into the mix. I thought Kittle might have a uh, an opportunity for a game, big game today, because right. Dante Whitner pointed out mm -hmm. on a pregame show that the the Dolphins had had a difficult time covering tight ends, but Kittle really didn't shake free much at all today. No, I looked that up after Dante had mentioned that in our meeting, and they are they allow the second most receptions to tight ends in the league. So yeah, I thought also George Kittle was up for a big game, but the fact that Brock Purdy didn't go to one receiver repeatedly, that he tossed the ball around to several different players, I think is a good sign that he's looking around the field, making sure that he's going through his reads. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, he didn't see all the open guys. We saw several that, you know, were open that he could have made big plays to. But the fact that he is spreading the ball around, I think is, you know, speaks to his ability to kind of search out the guys on the field. Yeah, well, before we, let's, let's talk a little bit more about Jimmy, but before we do, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the thought of, well, geez, now that, that Jimmy's out for the year, any chance of Trey Lance? No. Right. Trey Lance is out for the season as mm -hmm. well. And so, like I said, it's going to be Brock Purdy. It's going to be Josh Johnson as the backup. But just on a personal level, seeing this happen to Jimmy Garoppolo again, um, you know, 2018 was devastating when he tore his ACL. Um, that was the third game of the season. And I remember being down there and seeing him hobbling around and getting the MRI and all that. It was it was really kind of, it was very sad, you know, mm -hmm. seeing family members uh, right. so depressed. Uh, and then, you know, last year, everything was set up well for his swan song with the 49ers. Right. And then what happens? He tears the, the thumb ligament, you know, bangs up the shoulder, uh, needs surgery on that, and wasn't at full strength in the playoffs. And that, I think that cost the 49ers, you know, the full sure. strength Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows, but they would have had a better chance, right. you know, to win it last year. Mm -hmm. And then against all odds, he comes back to the team this year, I should say stays on the team this year, right. and things were just... Um, he was really playing the best it, football of his 49ers stay. Yes, he really was. Of he, his NFL career. He yes. was playing the best football, and it, things were kind of setting up for this mm -hmm. Cinderella story right. and, and kind of this storybook ending or whatever, and then this happens. This happens where Jimmy Garoppolo, with the 49ers winning their fifth consecutive game, goes down with a season-ending broken foot. It sounds like there's multiple fractures in there. Right. He'll require surgery. So just, uh, i just give you an opportunity to kind of say what's on your mind. And we saw the emotion of his of his teammates, a lot of misty eyes yeah. uh, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. So... I mean, he, you look at what his path has been with the 49ers and the fact that he was true to himself coming back, had a really good attitude when, for all intents and purposes, the 49ers said, you're not the guy. You, you know, we don't want you anymore. And for him to come back and do what he did with such a good attitude, and he's always been so good to us, just talking. It's tough. 
now. So anyway, um, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's season comes to an end. The 49ers season, not over. And uh, how far it goes, uh, however far it goes, it'll be with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. And we'll be back Whew. after this word from our sponsor. Looking for a bit of adventure this summer? Look no further than a new fuel-efficient Toyota Hybrid. As the industry leader, Toyota offers more hybrid models than any other brand. So you can live life to the fullest while getting incredible MPG. Go farther than ever before this season in the most fuel-efficient way possible. And save big at the pump all summer long in a brand-new Toyota Hybrid. It all starts at Toyota's national sales event. Toyota, let's go places. Your winning career starts at Grayton Resort and Casino. Join a great team today with amazing health benefits, working in a fun and fast-paced environment. Now hiring table game dealers, chefs, beverage servers, housekeeping, and more. Full-time and part-time positions are available. Come for the excitement. Stay for the great pay, flexible scheduling, and 401k matching. Apply now and start your winning career today. Visit GreatonResortCasino.com for details. Fit Aid Energy plus Sports Recovery, the energy drink for athletes. The number one workout recovery blend in America is now available with 200 milligrams of clean caffeine. Fit Aid Energy is naturally sweetened with only 15 calories, no sucralose, no aspartame, and no compromises. This naturally sweetened clean energy plus sports recovery blend is now available in four electric flavors. Visit FitAidEnergy.com for exclusive savings. Hear from different players and alumni on the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast, the team's only player-focused podcast. Each episode, team reporter Lindsey Polaris and players discuss the upcoming game week and answer fan-submitted questions about football, life, and everything in between. And we're back on 49ers Talk, and Jennifer, we do this thing, 49ers overreactions by Toyota, and I would imagine there will be be some some overreactions this week. I bet you some people will look at Brock Purdy and go, you know what? 49ers don't lose anything at quarterback with Brock Purdy. There will be other people who will say the 49ers season is over over. because Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy is now the quarterback. I think the truth is somewhere in between. Probably. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't think the season is over. I think it's a tough ask. It really is. Uh, my initial gut reaction would be that the 49ers went from being one of the favorites, you know, all things mm-hmm. being equal. Right. One of the favorites to now on that second tier mm-hmm. of teams. Right. And, and I think we'll know a lot more in these next two weeks. We'll know a lot more about where this team is going when they face Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. We will know even more about where this team is going and what it's capable of uh, when they face Seattle. Seattle. Uh, those are the two big ones. And then after that, um, you know, I guess, I, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I saw just a few minutes ago Kyle Shanahan left here, and you could tell. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was not the typical look of a winning NFL head coach. I mean, they yeah. they got some things on their mind, and you know, the, like we mentioned earlier, you know, they're bringing in Josh Johnson now, um, a guy who's been around this building a little bit back in mm-hmm. the in the Harbaugh days, so he'll right. serve as the backup. And and there's one reason that Josh Johnson has been in the NFL mm-hmm. for a long time. That's because he does everything the right way. You know, he yes. knows how to prepare. He knows 
how to be a professional. Mm -hmm. He just knows how to you know, be a supporting member of the team. And I think that the, that is a huge thing of why the 49ers are bringing in Josh Johnson is that he knows the role of the backup. You know, he knows that he's not coming in here to start. He knows his role is to pre prepare as if he's a starter, but also be the guy who will do anything for the starter to help him out. And so from that sense, you know, it's completely understandable. And I think it makes, you know, it's just, it's common sense, mm -hmm. I think, that the 49ers would bring in a guy like that to serve behind Brock Purdy. His experience, the fact that he's been around the league for so long is going to help Brock Purdy. And I think the fact that Brian Greasy, who's been a quarterback, is the quarterback's coach, will also help Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's a, that's a lot to ask of a rookie and not a guy who's been on the biggest stage. Like, he's not a guy. He's Iowa State. Um, George Kittle did have a few comments about that. Oh, he could imagine. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, nevertheless, you know, it's a guy who hasn't been. Like, he does have a lot of experience, game experience from college. But... It's not from the biggest stage. It's not one from the marquee programs that, you know, went into the, you know, college playoffs or championships. So that does make a difference. Now you're on the biggest stage. It's the NFL now. And you've got players like Trent Williams and Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk looking at you for making the call in the huddle. You know, but, you know, Kyle Juszczyk also said, everybody else has to step up and mm -hmm. everybody else has to shoulder more of the burden and really help him out and mm -hmm. do what they can. So I don't think it's going to be as much of those veteran guys looking to the rookie. I think it's going to be, hey, let's help him. Let's make him more comfortable. Let's bend over backwards mm -hmm. to make sure that he's as comfortable as he possibly can be so that he can perform at the highest possible level. Uh, speaking of a group of players who performs at the highest possible level, let's talk about that defense. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Boy, this game started off horribly. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I was watching, <laughs> like I had the, the binocs on and I saw the, the shifts and motions they were doing. Tyreek Hill lined up somewhere else. And then, because I was, I was initially I was seeing like, well, will Charverius Ward follow Tyreek Hill? Mm -hmm. And he wasn't until Tyreek Hill went in motion and went to the outside where Ward was and you could immediately see Ward like kind of you know going toward him and then you could see the safeties not really knowing what was going on and next thing you know there goes Trent Sherfield for a 75 yard touchdown so mm -hmm. that started I mean the, the 10 seconds in right. it's seven nothing then two, three and outs, and you got this sense then that, oh, okay, 49ers are, like, that defense is back. Like, that that woke them up. It did. I mean, what, yeah, it had to. That was a big shocker for the first play of the game. I wasn't even in my seat yet, and I was watching from kind of where the food, I needed to get a little food, so I was watching on the screen. I had an omelet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, but I was looking, I was like, wow, first play of the game. That was yeah. Yeah. First shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Um, and then later they gave up, uh, you know, Charveris Ward was in coverage. I think there were some mix ups in the defensive yes. backfield that we don't ordinarily see. But mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill got loose for a 45 yard touchdown. By the way, Tyreek Hill, 
nine catches, 146 yards. But the thing that impressed me, you know, we talked about Nick Bosa's three sacks, mm -hmm. but also the three interceptions too. Right. Um, four takeaways total. Four takeaways total. And um, Jimmy Ward had an interception. Did you know this is the first time that Jimmy Ward has gotten an interception in multiple games in the same season in his nine-year NFL career? The only other time he's had two interceptions in a year was last year, and those were both in the same game. And so this is so he's playing, you know, he's doing his job, and and a lot of the the interceptions were also because of pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, Nick Bosa, um, Eric Armstead, Samson Ebukam, those guys were getting good pressure on Tua Tungavailoa, and and forcing some some bad throws. And for the game, uh, Tua 18 of 33, 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, a 79.7 passer rating, and this is with a guy who is leading the league in passer rating. So the 49ers did a great job. I was most impressed by the, them absolutely stopping the Miami Dolphins' run game. They stopped them, and they stopped them from even trying to run. Was it eight carries, 33 yards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. From two guys that the Niners know very well, yeah. but Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson have done a been running well for the Dolphins, and they were completely stopped. Yeah, how about this? Jordan Mason, eight carries, 51 yards, mm -hmm. the undrafted rookie from Georgia Tech. Jeff Wilson Jr., one carry, three yards. And so one of the storylines coming into this game was, did the 49ers make a mistake in, in trading away Jeff Wilson? I don't think they did, um, and not that this is proof by any stretch, but um, I think Jordan Mason is showing that he could be a pretty good running back, too. Yeah, he had some explosiveness out of the backfield, and he's a little bit bigger body guy, mm -hmm. bigger than the running backs they've had on their roster. And I would think that they would use him more in short yardage situations, yeah. goal line situations. We haven't seen that be the trend, but I would think that's how they would use him going forward. Speaking of trends, one of the trends for the 49ers over the past, what, five games has been their stinginess defensively in the second half of games. They pitched, you know, a second half shutout against the Rams, against the Chargers, against Arizona, and against New Orleans. And of course, the game against New Orleans was a shutout for the full 60 minutes. This time, they kept Miami scoreless in the third quarter, but then early in the fourth quarter, uh, Miami hit that big play, the, the Tyreek Hill touchdown pass. So in the second half of games, the 49ers up until that touchdown had not allowed a score in 141 minutes and 37 seconds. It's a long time. That is a long time. And the 49ers, of course, win this game 33-17 over the dynamic offense of Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins and it's one of those games you look at the score and you think everybody in 49ers land has to be happy and then you read the fine print Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season and it just I mean it, it's it's a gut punch isn't it it wasn't it a yeah. gut punch to this organization to mm -hmm. this team to the coaches to the players to the fan base to everybody and everybody who is around Garoppolo and, and knows him and wants to see him succeed yeah and the fact that even Nick Bosa said that he had to really try and get his mind right to be able to play. He couldn't get it off his mind. Because a lot of these players found out at halftime right. that the severity of the injury, mm -hmm. and Bosa did, mm -hmm. and he said it was really tough in the, in in the, the second, second half, half to stay focused. Right, and 
George Kittle said he saw him at halftime. So I guess he was in the trainer's room at halftime. Kyle Shanahan said he'd left with his family around the third quarter. But this team has been with Jimmy Garoppolo for so many seasons now. And, you know, it, it's a close locker room. I think that makes such a big difference, too. These guys rally around each other when they've had injuries. He's gone through so much. And the fact that he's not only coming into his football self, Nick Bosa said that he really felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was a strong leader, even though he wasn't a captain this year, but felt like he, his leadership was really strong, that he cared about the team so much. So to lose a guy when he's in that stage of his career or that stage of the season, just even more difficult. Yeah, it, it was, well, I mean, this fascinating season, is even more fascinating by the minute. And in this case, uh, fascination that nobody wanted to see. Jimmy Garoppolo out for no. the season, 49ers going forward with Brock Purdy, the rookie, as their quarterback. And uh, we'll continue to be here every step of the way as this season unfolds. The 49ers improved to 8-4 and four with a 33-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins. And back at it for that much-anticipated quarterback showdown, Brock Purdy, against Tom Brady coming up, 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next time we're in this stadium watching the 49ers play football. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.